the hour has come. The Son of Man is to be glorified. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone, and if it dies, it bears much fruit. He who loves his life loses it, and he who hates his life in this world will keep it to life eternal. If anyone serves me, he must follow me, and where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. Now Jesus said, My soul has become troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this purpose I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then the voice came out of heaven. I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. So the crowd of people who stood by and heard it were saying that it had thundered. Others were saying, an angel has spoken to him. Jesus answered and said, This voice has not come for my sake, but for your sakes. Now the judgment is upon this world. Now the ruler of this world will be cast out. And I, if I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all men to myself. Welcome to Palm Sunday. Welcome to the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, our Savior, who set himself as the Lamb of God, the chosen Lamb. This week, many years ago, had been for the households to choose a Lamb for their sacrifice, for the family. We don't have to do that these days because the Lamb has already been sacrificed. It was chosen for us in our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. Welcome for all of you who are joining this service at MCC. We are thankful to the Lord that the walls of our chapel here have been opened up wide and we're reaching all the way to various parts of the world. And we miss all of you who are out there. And we thank the Lord for this opportunity to gather together as the people of God, not as an event of MCC, but as an event of our Lord Jesus Christ and what he has done for us. And we recall and we know that we have been called of the Lord. Father, we thank you for this opportunity that we have of lifting our praises to you in our hearts of looking into your face, knowing your favor, being able to sense a welcome, that we're not alone, that many are gathered in this fashion throughout the world today. And we pray your blessing on this day in preparation for us to observe and to meditate upon the glories of our Lord Jesus Christ and his sacrifice on our behalf. Thank you, Father, for sending your Son. Thank you for making us one. Thank you, Lord, that this rings true in our hearts, that we are his and he is ours. Thank you, Lord. Bless this time together now. Allow us to exercise 
our spirits that we enter into this time of worship and praise and your word and understand that with the limitations that the world has, yet our spirits are ringing true. The spirit of God who is in each one of us. So we pray that you'll set us free from the confines of the internet, the confines of being apart from one another, and that we sense your presence throughout this broadcast, throughout this day, in many, many places throughout the world. Never has there been a time when the church could be one like we are. We thank you for this privilege in our generation. We don't take it for granted. We thank you that you are here in Jesus' name. Amen. I know that there's a lot of pastors around the world right now that are focusing on this passage in Psalm 91. And as I received this as a uh, couple of weeks ago, as something that I could share and began to study Psalm 91, I began to realize we're not the only ones that are uh, struggling through this, but this psalm is written thousands of years ago and for us specifically, I believe. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God, in whom I trust. For it is he who delivers you from the snare of the trapper and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions and under his wings you may seek refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and a bulwark. You will not be afraid of the terror by night or of the arrow that flies by day, of the pestilence that stalks in darkness, or of the destruction that lays waste at noon. A thousand may fall at your side, and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not approach you. You will only look on with your eyes and see the recompense of the wicked, for you have made the Lord my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place. No evil will befall you, nor will any plague come near your tent. He will give his angels charge concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will bear you up in their hands that you do not strike your foot against the stone. You will tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent you will trample down. Because he has loved me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him securely on high because he has known my name. He will call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him. With a long life, I will satisfy him and let him see my salvation. The Lord bless his word. Our outline for today is living in Psalm 91. Not just reading it, but applying it to our lives in these days.
to make it what it is meant to be by the Holy Spirit, a living psalm for us to meditate on, to understand, to look through the eyes of this psalm in the light of what we're suffering worldwide as a people. And we are under his wings. There's no fear. He even sends his helping messengers, the angels. And in conclusion, we'll find out because. We'll leave that for you to anticipate the end of this message. Let's look at the first four verses under, under his wings. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. For it is he who delivers you from the snare of the trapper and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions and under his wings you may seek refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and a bulwark. The picture here, I believe, is of the psalmist looking and observing, probably out in the fields and seeing an eagle flying round and round. I'm from the Northwest, and we have an island out in the San Juans, what we call the, the islands that are between Canada and the United States. And there's a particular island that our family used to love to boat out there and walk around this somewhat desolate island back in those days, and we would see these eagles flying around and soaring very elegantly and slowly. And then we began to see there are nests in those tall trees. And usually an eagle's nest is separated from another pair of eagles by quite a ways, sometimes a mile or so away. But they are flying around for a reason. Number one is that they are hunting food together, and usually it's the, the mother and the father eagle, and they're making themselves ready to pounce down on a rabbit or a small animal or another bird to bring food back to their young ones in the nest. Under his wings, he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High, most Eagle's nests are very high up in a tall, tall tree or up in a crag in a mountaintop. He who dwells will abide, live in the shadow of the Almighty. God is likened to an eagle in his survey around his people. He is aware. That's his main concern is his people. I will say to the Lord, my refuge, my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Who is that coming from? We eaglets in the nest, those who are helpless. We need that surveillance, that covering over us. When it talks about the shadow, as we'd walk out in those islands there and the eagles were flying around, we could see their shadow on the ground but those same shadows were cast onto the nest of these young eaglets. And when they saw the shadow, they knew that their parents were present and caring for them. 
and looking for food and warding off any other animals or people from destroying the nest. In the shadow of the Almighty, my refuge, my fortress, my God in whom I trust. For it is he who delivers you, verse 3 says, from the snare of the trapper. The eagles in the United States now are protected and have been protected for a number of years from trappers. We call them sometimes fowlers, seeking their feathers. And there is a high fine in the United States for killing or trapping an eagle. But also there is a deadly pestilence that can attack young ones like a virus. The Lord is protecting us from the deadly pestilence. And there are many times in scripture when this was allowed to, to spread, but it was an opportunity for us to understand and to know that our God delivers us from the deadly pestilence. Does that mean we are immune to or protected? No, there may be some of us who would come down with this COVID-19. But that is not the end. For us, our trust and our hope is in him. Are we careful? Yes, we are. We don't want to affect other people. We're protected from the, delivered from the deadly pestilence, at least the fear of it. Don't be fearful. Don't lose heart in these days. Take courage. Take understanding of who our God is. And in verse 4, he will cover you with his pinions. Pinions? What does pinions mean? The strong, strong feathers and wings of an eagle. When an eagle is teaching its young to fly, and the young one jumps out of the nest and is flapping furiously and falling quickly to the ground, the mother or father eagle will swoop underneath with their strong wings and catch the eaglet and bring it back to the nest. And under his wings you may seek refuge. Another analogy of the Lord and his protection of us. Under his wings. And if a storm is lightning and rain or hail or whatever comes to destroy the nest, the eagle, mother or father, is sitting in the nest with the eaglets under their wings. We may seek refuge under the wings of our holy God. I think there's another picture there that I might interject, and that would be the wings of the seraphim over the Ark of the Covenant. Under his wings, we may find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and a bulwark, a defensive wall, if you will, surrounding us. His faithfulness surrounds us, and we are protected, and we can count on this. He is the faithful one. He is the one who is in charge of our safety. Trust in him. Believe in him. Encourage others to do the same. Second point here is there is no fear. Verses 5 to 10. 
You will not be afraid of the terror by night. That's a declaration. You will not be afraid. And much of our fear is self-inflicted. And I'm susceptible to that as well. All of us are. We have fear. We're worried. We're concerned. We try to plan our way through things. We try to maneuver ourselves through difficult times. It makes a declaration. Those who have put their trust in him, you will not be afraid of the terror by night or of the arrow that flies by day or of the pestilence of the COVID-19 that flies by day and the pestilence that stalks in darkness or of the destruction that lays waste at noon. And that is the heat of the day, not just by the sun, but also when you're under pressure, when you've got to produce at the company, when you need to come up with a solution quick, or of the destruction that lays waste at noon. You will not be afraid. And here's a verse that I find it hard to apply to myself. It seems like an exaggeration in verse 7. A thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not approach you. Put that to the test. Not just going out there without a mask or a protection device or in the comfort of your home, worrying about, do I have it? Will I have it? This verse, a thousand may fall at your side. And we pray for those people. And 10,000 at your right hand. But we need not to be afraid. It shall not approach you. That is not a guarantee that you won't get the coronavirus. But it is an assurance that you can rest in the Lord. Proverbs 29.25 says, The fear of man brings a snare. But he who trusts in the Lord will be exalted. And earlier in Proverbs 9.10, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. We have a Lord who has written these things thousands of years ago, Generations of generations of believers like you and I have read these scriptures and have been encouraged not to fear. We are not fearful because the Lord is with us. Praise the Lord. Point number three is angels. Now you remember those of you who sat through our series on Hebrews and on Revelation. And we talked a lot about angels and discovered some things about them. First of all, angels, that word is messengers. And in fact, some pastors have used that as they are angels. They are messengers. Now, MCC knows that their pastor is not an angel. But I trust that they know that I am a messenger. Servants and agents of the Lord. They were often used in the Bible to bring announcements or instructions to humans. Remember, it was 
an angel that came to Mary. And she understood that by what this angel had told her, that she would be the chosen one to bear the Messiah. Angels are not to be worshipped nor feared. They are sent for specific tasks and messages. Nowhere in scripture are angels worshipped. To worship them is to go against the very nature of God and who he is. They are his agents as messengers to us. And Satan is a fallen angel. Along with his myriads of fallen angels, they are absolutely opposed to the God and Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We do not worship angels. And of course, there are many, many dangers in the path of one who trusts in the Lord. And we need to know who we are in Jesus Christ. For he will give his angels charge concerning you, to guard you in all your ways. They will bear you up in their hands, that you do not strike your foot against a stone. You will tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent you will trample down. Those are very powerful statements, very powerful declarations. But we need to know that God, our Father, is the one who is in charge of these angels. They are his servants, his agents, for us to be aware of his coming into our lives, of, of bringing for us a message from the Holy One of Israel. I believe in angels but I don't worship them. And we have known a few incidents in our life where an angel has been present in our family to protect, to come with help in a time of trouble. God is faithful and he can protect his people. In conclusion, I want to talk about the because in this Psalm. Verse 14, because he has loved me, have you ever heard your child say, when you've asked them, why did you do that? And they just say, huh, because. What is that supposed to mean? And it's said here twice, because. The because is the reason behind an action. Because he has loved me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him securely on high because he has known my name. Because he has loved me, the Lord, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name, says the Lord. It's his favor because he is our God. Because of his love and he appreciates our love for him. In verse 15, he will call upon me and I will answer him. The Lord is saying, I hear your call. I see your distress. I see your need. And the Lord says, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him. With a long life, I will satisfy him and let him see my salvation. 
What a privilege we have as the people of God today. This is not a time of weeping and mourning, although we do for those who are suffering. But this is a time for us to take knowledge and apply into our life that our faithfulness before the Lord needs to continue to be strengthened and focused and us taking these promises in hand and saying, I trust you, Lord, for this time. I believe you for this era that we're living in. The officials and the experts, they don't know what is happening, but we do know that he knows. And because we have trusted in him, we will be delivered. We will be set in a special place because we know his name. We will call upon him and he will answer and he will help us in time of trouble and rescue us and honor us. What a humbling thought. With a long life, I will satisfy him and let him see my salvation. Folks, these are times of trouble, but they are times of opportunity for us to really put our trust in the Lord and to understand who he is and what he means to us. This is an opportunity for him to bless your family, to bless your children, to bless your employers, to bless your neighbors. The Lord is good, and he will have favor upon we who love him and trust him. Hosanna! 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 We sometimes think that means praise, praise, praise. No. It means help us. Help us, O Holy One of God, in this hour when we need you most. Hosanna! Because we trust in you, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world, the one who came and took our place and took upon himself the lashes upon his back and hanging on the cross, saying, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing. What a Savior. What a Lord. This week, may our hearts ring with praises and thanksgiving that we have such a God. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and have his peace. Amen.